Adventures, everybody. I'm Melissa Bonzak, and welcome to episode 79 of Books Cubed, the show where I chat with authors you should be reading. It is Thursday, October 1st, 2020. Holy cow, how is it October already? I don't know. It's crazy. Anyway, we could talk forever about how this year has been crazy, or we could ignore it. So let's ignore it. And you are going to be really fascinated by this week's show. I am talking with Tim Kiver, who writes Lit RPG. This is something that was totally, well, not totally new. I mean, I kind of heard of it, but I really didn't understand what it was. Tim was on the show a couple of weeks ago for our writing prompt series. And you got to go back and read those, those uh, read, listen to those stories. They were so good. And it gave us a small idea of what uh, Lit RPG was. But talking with Tim now, I feel like I understand it better. And if you don't know what Lit RPG is at all, all you got to do is stay tuned and you'll find out. I'll see you after. Today, joining me on the show is Tim Kiver. Uh, welcome, Tim. Hi. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm really excited to chat with you today because you, are, you write in a genre that... I really knew not much about, uh, if anybody thinks that Tim looks familiar, he should, if you follow the show, he was on a couple weeks ago for our uh, writing prompt challenge and he wrote a fun story and introduced us to the world of lit RPG, which some of us had heard of and some of us hadn't. And it was really fascinating. I did some reading into it and said, oh, I gotta have him come on the show. And he's got a series out, the first book of a series, the Cypher Craft series. And this is Cypher's Quest is the, uh, Cypher's Quest, excuse me, is the first book in the series. And let me just read uh, a quick uh, blurb about it. And then this will help people understand, I think, a little bit more what Lit RPG is. So here's the blurb. A real life game system lost millennia ago could turn the tide of a galactic war. But first, it must be unlocked. Cullen can't believe after 10 years of exile in deep space, the cipher would appear to him with a way home and a new set of powers to equip him for the journey. All he has to do is follow and succeed in its quests. His first mission is to rescue a mother and son imprisoned since the Osuna invaded their home and killed her husband. Now they're seeing game-like messages and experiencing and earning experience points for using telepathy, a skill they didn't realize they had until they followed the cipher. Together, they'll enter the jungle with dark secrets and clues from ancient texts to unlock the mystery and the power of the cipher. Survival will, requ will require leveling up and utilizing their new skills as they encounter EMP hurling tigers and militant teleport telepaths, I can't speak, led by a berserker with more than one trick up her sleeve. I love EMP hurling tigers. <laughs> That is great. Yeah, that's a, a mainstay from one of the original ideas for the series. <laughs> so that's it's great. It's been rewritten a few times, but that hasn't gone away. <laughs> so Lit RPG, if people didn't gather what it was from that description, maybe uh, give us a little bit more maybe that might help. Yeah, sure. So uh, an RPG game system in the form of literature. So... Essentially, uh, I fell in love with fantasy through Dragonlance. I don't know if you're familiar with that series, uh, Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman. Um, that was inspired by their D&D &D campaign, but it's not lit RPG. 
So it was fantasy with the traditional half-elves and paladins and, and whatnot going on quests. Um, Lit RPG takes that a step further and it adds actual game elements into the text um, so that it feels like you're playing a video game while you're reading. And uh, there's different kinds, uh, different tropes within Lit RPG. Uh, sometimes people get trapped in a game. And so the first chapter might be um, a VR system that they go into uh, so they can play uh, MMORPG games with their friends and then all of a sudden they're trapped. And then they have to either get out of the game or they have to survive somehow. And so then they pick classes and uh, follow quests and gain levels and that type of thing. Uh, with my style of lit RPG, it is a game world is how we call it. So that means that the actual world is a has a game system interwoven into existence. Uh, so there's no escaping it. It's not that you enter a VR, it's everywhere. Um, some, some people categorize that like a system apocalypse where it's like, uh oh, the system is breaking down and now everybody wants to kill us and we have to survive and we have to use the, the game rules to survive. Um, so there is a little bit of an element of that. Um, but uh, for me, it just kind of, I, I like the adventure, but then I like to add that there's bonuses to everything they accomplish so that they can have that feeling of, uh, like when I played Final Fantasy, where they, they gained a level and, oh, look, we learned a new skill. And uh, how can I use that skill in my next battle? That type of thing. So, so that's so pretty, that's I guess, a basic overview. So that's woven into the story. So like at the end of a chapter, does that happen at the end of a chapter or is it sprinkled throughout a chapter? Like there's a battle and all of a sudden Jane sat down and to catch her breath and gain 10 experience points. I mean, is, does it roll along like that? That is, that's part of the fun of creativity as we create the story to not interrupt the story um, if possible. So um I've had it where my characters dismiss notifications so that even though, so if they didn't do anything, then if they killed um, an EMP hurling tiger, you know, 40 EXP or XP would show up like a HUD notification. Um, but that could get distracting if you're trying to fight other tigers. So they um, may dismiss those or adjust the settings so that it doesn't interrupt them until the end of the battle. And that's kind of how I treated it was it's more of after the battle's over, once the, the calm of the storm <laughs> has happened, um, the, the notification will appear showing what they've gained. And uh, sometimes they'll say, I need to take care of healing my party before I'm gonna deal with my class and my skills. Uh, and other times they're like, let's get right into it. I just gained two levels as a paladin or whatever, so. So it varies throughout the book. Okay, uh, yeah, I like that. I like that because I think it would be distracting if you stopped constantly uh, mm -hmm. to talk about these pop-ups or, or see the pop-ups in the book. So where, where did this, I, I, were you a gamer to start? I mean, is that where that you got this idea? Yeah, for? so I, um, I went to school for my degree in English and then a, a master's in theology. And so I spent like seven years after high school just busy studying and reading things that were good, but not necessarily maybe 
if I could choose to read something, what I would read. And so um, then I had a family and I didn't really get to play the games that I wanted to. So I have loved writing for a long time and I just had, I mean, I did read some lit RPG that kind of inspired me towards this, um, but I'm an old RPGer, like uh, Final Fantasy three on the Super Nintendo. And I, just the idea of reliving that uh, wonder and fun of building a party of characters and, and gaining new skills and exploring a fantasy style world. Um, to me, if I could add that into a fantasy or science fiction adventure, I thought that's even better. Um, so that's kind of where that inspiration um, went as far as my series. And how long is this series going to be? Uh, it's slated for five books right now. Um, so Podium has signed on to do the audio book and that's, that's what we've agreed upon. Uh, it, it's inspired by like an epic scope of Dune, um, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but like when I, f when I fell in love with Dune, it was um, the first book and then I read all the prequels. Um, and I just, I loved the, the vast scope of all the planets that could explore. And I'm also watching Stargate SG-1 and, you know, many seasons of that and all, all the different uh, planets that they can explore. And, and so with this, it, it does have a focused, um, they want to get to their home world, prepare it before the alien invasion. Um, but then after that, it could expand or I could move on. Oh yeah, I mean, you've got a whole world there. Mm -hmm. It could be offshoots and characters you could take in different directions. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, your friend Dune, yeah, Dune is, um, was a favorite uh, in high school. Uh, one of my friends was getting a failing grade and our teacher knew Frank Herbert. So he gave her his phone number and she called him and interviewed him. And I, I listened, this is the old days when you had landlines. So mm -hmm. if you had five or six phones in your home, you usually had two or three. Every time you picked one up, you could hear you know, it was all the same line in the house. So mm -hmm. I sat in the bedroom and listened uh, wow. while she interviewed him. And that was, it was just amazing. <laughs> he was um, really kind of intense, uh, but he absolutely, it was, um, this would have been 1980 80 or 81. So he mm -hmm. absolutely hated uh, Star Wars and George Lucas and for what he had I mean, he felt that, oh. that, you know, he stole so much from Dune. And, and you know, hmm. you, you can call it what you want, or artistic or, or uh, 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 inspiration or whatever. But he, he was really interesting <laughs> to listen to talking mm -hmm. about Dune. So do you, when you, um, <clears throat> excuse me, when you sit down to write these books, do you find that there's sections that you just that just don't work? Because when you talk about the trying to work in the the uh, the pop-ups and and the different the different things that 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 give them experience points and moves them to move them to another level, do you find there's anything mm -hmm. that 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 you sat down the first time you tried it that just didn't work and you had to change the way you wrote the book? Um, I think my biggest problem recently is that if people gain experience, um, having a clear boundary of where experience can be gained um, beyond just battles. 
And so uh, recently I, I spent the last two weeks finishing the edits on book two. So my editor sent me back a bunch of work to do and then I just sent it back to her last night. And two things that I struggled with um, was the healing system and also the, the scan system where like you gain experience points if you use scan and identify something important. Um, and then also I have a character who is a wind walker. And so he spins his staff to gain wind reserves. Uh, and then he uses those to like gust out of his hands or his boots um, so that he can almost fly a little bit. Um, and he gains experience by rebuilding his air reserves, uh, which that can sort of happen in between scenes. Um, and so I think one of the hardest things for me was really having this broad understanding of um, are people gaining experience from healing others and have I not put it in the text? And if I didn't put it in the text, then all of their experience numbers are off, yeah. which is the hardest part about <laughs> lit RPG. Um, and so it takes a long time because I've got a spreadsheet where every character and in book two, I've got maybe uh, 12 different, no, 10 different characters that I'm keeping track of. And um, so it's a lot of fun in the final product. And I'm, I'm glad because I want to create that immersion of it actually feels like a game. Uh, but I think when, when we as writers are getting into the action and the main plot, sometimes we can sort of forget the smaller things like, oh, she's a, uh, a time archer now. And so she has magic as well as physical um, stats to take care of. And so, yeah, she needs, a, she needs to make a tincture, get experience points for that tincture, <laughs> and, uh, but also, like you said, not interrupting the flow of the story. So, yeah, you know, I can imagine just an office with um, just your walls covered, you know, be, if you, yeah. if you had the space, you know, to, to plot out and be able to look at it and stand back and look at, at it, look at the whole thing. But mm -hmm. you say you use a spreadsheet? Yeah, my, I am blessed. Uh, my, um, my editor, Laurel, um, helped me with my, she upgraded my Excel skills and has created one for me that has a, a, a hyperlink to an index. So I could just click on that and then, nice. um, yeah, I'm just alt tabbing <laughs> between the Word doc and the Excel and clicking and, and yeah. So I would love to have three monitors here um, and a printer that works so that I could just print it off and staple it to the board. But, uh, you know, we have to adapt to what we have, so. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, so you've got the first two basically written. Have you started the third yet? Yeah, the third one's written and I've edited it. Um, and I'm about a third of the way through book four. So fantastic. the, yeah, that's, um, it's hard to keep up with all the other authors. Um, I'm not a full-time author, so, um, but I've been building this series for a couple of years. So I've got a little bit of backlog to help me out. Um, but uh, my next step, I think, is going to be uh, while I'm waiting to go back and kind of fix some of the healing and other miscellaneous stats that I may have missed on book three, um, and then get that to the editor maybe next month. Oh, that's good. That's good. And do, do you think that 
have, have, have the after book one, have the book two and three and four been easier to write? Have you kind of um, narrowed down your process on how you put everything together? Do you think it's helped? Yeah, yeah. The uh, there's a book by Rachel Aaron called um, 2K to 10K, like how to write 10,000 words in an hour or something like that, or in a day. Um, and that book has been really helpful for me because I don't, I'm not very patient. And so my wife will attest to that. Unfortunately, I'm working on being a better person. But <laughs> um, when I get an idea, I just want to start writing. And Rachel Aaron's book on outlining or that book sort of helps me with outlining the idea of um, how to prepare a book so that I know what scenes I really want to write. And that has helped me to write faster and um, to just feel like it's more cohesive uh, for the overall plot, especially now that I'm, I'm plotting out book four and really need to make things fix, you know, finish by book five. Um, it's it's a it's a process with each book, and I'm I'm trying to stick to it and uh, continue to keep outlining out beyond where I am instead of just sometimes I just like to sit down and write. Oh, I, I totally understand that. Totally understand that. Yeah, <clears throat> I was about halfway done with this current book and realized I'd left out something very important in the beginning. <laughs> so I've been going back and weaving it through, just mm -hmm. a line or two here and there. But I thought, uh oh, that's it's not massively important, but it helps for something later. So yeah, and outlining, I'm a huge, huge uh, believer in outlining and they're so important. You, you can easily miss so much and especially when you've got so many characters and like you said, you've got people with powers and then they level up and then they've got a new power and then you've got to be able to, to weave that portion in. But as you finish your books, as you get through book five, you will probably figure out who is not going to have their story completed but who you could weave off into their own little section of the universe and start a whole series about those characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, certainly can. I, um, I don't outline that detailed to know who's going to survive. Um, but what we will see, I, I want it to be enough where the readers can feel like it's been completed, but there's, uh, there's a galactic, consequences to what's going on and so there's there's plenty to play with if i wanted to oh you know it's fun too and even when favorite characters die side characters can become new favorite characters given mm -hmm. more story uh to work on on their own so you said you you like to sit down and you like to work you're impatient i know that feeling do you get mm -hmm. do you get stuck i mean you're, you're coming upon book five and that's going to be the end of this main series do you feel like there's any point where that you, you are just stuck and not sure how to proceed? Um, one of the things I've learned is while I like to keep track of my words per day that I write, if I'm, if I'm stuck, I force myself to accept some time just putting words into the outline, um, just putting words into my brainstorm sheet. And that's, that's where I look at what I think is going to happen next. Um, and then I just, I start asking questions about, is this going to help the plot? Is this going to get to the point where I need to, or does something else need to happen? 
uh, what would be fun, that type of thing. Um, and so I feel like whenever I get stuck, that just means uh, I've got to give myself permission to just brainstorm and sitting in a chair uh, with my Word doc open and not just moping. <laughs> uh, you know, and usually that, that's that wise. Works. Very, very wise. And yeah, yeah, I do the same thing, but I get up and I walk away and I talk. We go for a run or, or a walk or wash dishes or something and just talk the story out out loud. And often my poor husband has to listen, but often uh, something will come come up. But yeah, just sitting and putting words into the document. And I'm sure you've had points where all of a sudden you start writing dialogue, then all of a sudden you've got a scene and you can take it out of the out of the outline and then pop it directly back into the story. Mm -hmm. So I think I think that's I think that's a wise way to 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 do it. So do you do you have set? You say you have a, a day job. Do you have set time mm -hmm. that you write every day? You say you try to get so many words, but is there a set time every day that you write? Yeah, I um, right now I'm on uh, medical disability from surgery, but when I had my day job, I was uh, I'm setting my alarm for four thirty, and I would um, wake up and. Um, do my devotions and my exercise and get ready for work and tried to get at least an hour before my day job started. And so uh, then I would write also during lunch. Um, it's not, it's not as much as other people, but that's what I can do. And um, I have a family and two small kids. So uh, hey, that's you know, me trying to carve it out. That's a lot. What, when did you publish your first book? Um, 2015. So now you've got almost four. You know, that's pretty good. A lot of people, some people only write one book a year. Some people only write one book every couple of years. My first book was published mm -hmm. in 2017, 2017. My second book was published in 2020. And my third one, third one is supposed to come out at the end of this year. We'll see. Uh, so I'm probably a two book a year person. It's just, and I, I don't have a full-time job, so I have no excuse. Uh, I'm just a slower writer, I think. You know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a perfectionist too. Do you find yourself being a perfectionist? Yeah, and that some, some books that I've read on how to write faster. Um, Chris Fox has a book on that, and the idea of turning off your editing brain while you're writing. Um, I've written some sloppy action scenes, uh, but I've pumped out um, the words and. And then I just go back in and edit it anyway. And it's going to look better on the second pass regardless. Um, so, so yeah, just, and then also thinking about the story when I'm not writing it has been another piece of advice for writing faster is just daydreaming about it and trying to think about what wants to happen next so that when I do have a chance to sit and write, uh, it's like an explosion of, of thought. Um, or me banging my head on the keyboard, one of the two, it's yeah. going to happen. <laughs> well, you know, it's all excellent advice and or any of the listeners out there who are authors. Yeah. You need to get, you need to get out of your editing brain. And part of my problem for me is that my character is very different from me. And so I have to sometimes sit and read a chapter or two to get back into her mindset. Mm-hmm. So it's, sure. um, do you, do you, you said, now you're a gamer, so you must be right in that mindset of writing gaming scenes. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So 
My son is six, and uh, we recently beat Final Fantasy VI together and are playing Final Fantasy V. And so um, I think about my stories when I'm playing with him. And I like with Final Fantasy V, it's, it has a cool job system that your character can pick whatever job they want. And then you level that up and get skills, and then you combine two different sets of um, skills for each battle. And so I'm playing this and thinking, that's what I love about games. I want to have that in my book too. Um, and so there's an element of I'm every time I'm coming into writing, I'm bringing the I want to have fun with this uh, type of mindset. Uh, but then as far as like the characters go, um, part of that process of preparation is what are their motivations? What are their, you know, what's in the way of the, getting what they want? that type of thing. And that, that sort of helps keep me uh, on track uh, for what, what's going on with them. Oh yeah. Yeah. I like that you can sit and play Final Fantasy with your, with your little ones. My, mine was um, my youngest Final Fantasy played all those games from the time that they were, could hold the controller three or four or five hmm. before they could read. Actually uh, my oldest is uh, three years older. So she would read to the younger one and uh, they would play the video games and I would watch, but I have um, 3D motion issues. So mm. if it's, uh, if it's uh, the old fashioned games, 8-bit, was that they're called? Mm -hmm. Where, you know, I love those. Final, mm -hmm. uh, not Final Fantasy, uh, King's Quest. The old mm -hmm. King's Quest. And I can even hear the song playing in my head. And uh, I love those. And uh, anything uh, right now I'm playing... Um, Limbo and Outside. I just finished Outside, Inside. I just finished Inside and I'm playing, um, oh, there's another one I'm playing, Journey something or other. Oh, I can't remember the name of it, but they're games that move left to right or up and down. Hmm. And so that's pretty much yeah. where I'm mm -hmm. stuck. I mean, I can play any of the Crash games for some reason. They don't have the, they don't spin or anything. Mm -hmm. So I'm okay with those. I love the racing games, which I can only play for a short time, and then I get too nauseous. I have to stop. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the, my kids would play the Final Fantasy ones, and I think, God, there's so much involved. But I think they really taught preparation, and they taught—I don't know—I I think that my, I think my kids got a lot out of those games. There's a lot in them. Uh, Kai and I—I I walk him home from school and. And we'll be talking about our strategy for for the next boss, and it's and so when we play, he's the one that's actually playing the boss, and I kind of get him ready for the battle. And so before we play the battle, we're talking about strategy and okay, this guy, you know, we need to have a reflect ring on, and and that's that's just fun as a father uh, to play with your son, and and I think he he enjoys the the mental engagement as well. Oh yeah, yeah, most definitely, and yeah, they really teaches problem solving and creative thinking and, and all kinds of great things that kids can get out of video games. And I always laugh when people say, oh, video games are the downfall, blah, blah, blah. No, they're not. No, they're not at all. Not at all. Do you want to read a page or two? And I meant to ask you this ahead of time. Do you want to read a page or two just to get people a better idea? Yeah, sure. So here is Cypher's Quest. It's a great cover. Yes, I am. Um... I'm very thankful for B. Rowe, who's my artist. He's working on book two has, uh, it's called Windwalker, 
and it has an archer and a windwalker battling a dragon. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, all right, chapter one. An eye emerged from the metal, the black metal door, red and tiny, then followed by more. Eve spiders, messengers of the Osuna Empire. If Colin failed the test of entry, a greater threat would soon follow. A shiver tickled down his back. He'd seen Eve spiders devour prey. Their process was quick. Beady red eyes and a mass of hairy black bodies quickly covered the door before him, close enough to jump. One, larger than the rest, climbed out from the bulging surface, venom dripping from its fangs. Cullen breathed. It's not real. The spider froze, then a blue light shone out from its eyes, scanning Cullen's retinas for the bounty hunter ID that allowed him to be here. The one his sidekick, Torek, had forged. The light faded, but the spots in his vision did not. He tightened his stomach to keep his posture, just like his father had taught him. Playing into what would what was natural helped them on many of their undercover missions. On this one, they used licenses showing them both as paladins of Morinth. Only half of that was a lie. The one Cullen hid could send him straight to the Emperor to hang from a hook, or perhaps something less lethal, like the caves. Access granted. The voice drifted up from the floor, hoarse as a poisoned dying wind. Proceed with the prisoner to gate D, cell 47. Yours is ready to exchange. Hollow text formed a blue block, a blue box of light before him as the door slid over stone to open. Welcome to the cipher. Do you accept your quest? Cullen stopped cold. His attention locked on the words as though they had been they had just broken the law of existence and wasn't and he wasn't privy to why. Their italicized style was unique from the block letters the Osuna used to translate space tongue. As he studied them, a different nervousness replaced his concern of being outed. The words before him felt strangely alive, like when he'd seen his first flying electric eel. Call, Torek whispered. Their prisoner grunted through, their, through her leather gag. The chains jangled and pulled tight as Torek yanked on the choker to keep their captive docile. It's open, Torek whispered. His dark eyes presented a second test of Colin's sanity. I know. Colin redirected his attention to the doorway, pushing away concerns that he'd hallucinated a strange message about a quest and snapped his fingers. Let's go. So there you go. That's a sample. Nice, nice. I like it. I like it. It's, um, it's, uh, it's not bogged down. Like I said, I, I was worried when I first heard about the Lit Bar RPG where you talked about... Uh, people getting uh their they're, you know upping their levels and their points and i thought when you first talked about it when we did the writing prompt show and i thought i just don't want to read something where every five or six lines there's going to be you are now up you know 10 points kind of thing but but no it doesn't it doesn't uh it, i i read um various uh parts of various books to prepare for this and i didn't really see anything like that out there that felt like it would be something that would make me put the book down mm -hmm. at all. So, yeah, good. So, yeah, so everybody out there, if you are interested in Lit RPG, check out Tim's books. And how can they find you? Um, my website's timkiver.com. Uh, my books are on Amazon, they're free on Kindle Unlimited. Um, we do have, so some friends of mine formed the 
Lit RPG Guildmasters, uh, which we have an author page on Facebook. And then we created a, a private Facebook group called the Adventurers Guild and a discard, uh, or I'm sorry, a discord channel uh, where we kind of hang out. And uh, one of the authors, uh, BF Rock River, has created an app that is kind of like Goodreads, but for Lit RPG. And so um, you've got all these readers that are like, I forget what book I read in this, and it was kind of, it was good, but then what was the next book? And so he's created an app where they can track the progress of what books they've read, and then they get experience by adding them to the library. And then we have rewards um, where the, so the guild masters, we've all created something to put into the pot. And it's sitting there waiting for these readers to gain the experience. And then, uh, like for me, I wrote a short story in my world that we'll give away as part of our newsletter subscribers, or uh, we've got maps and that type of thing. So um, one of the most active places you can find me is through the, uh, the Lit RPG Adventurers Guild um, Discord, and then also the, the Facebook group. Um, so we're having right. a lot of fun right now with that. That sounds so exciting uh, to be part of a group and mm -hmm. be able to chat about the things that you want to talk about and not have to talk about other things. So I, I think that's great. They'll, we will have uh, links in the show notes for the, the group, the Discord. Is it Discord group? Mm -hmm. Yep. And what was the name of that one again? So the uh, Adventurers Guild. Adventurers Guild. That is great. That is great. So everybody can find there. And Tim spells his last name K-A-I-V-E-R. So uh, there'll be links in the show notes. And I want to thank you for coming on today. And I should have prepped you about reading. Sorry about that. Oh, you're fine. It was a pleasure. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Melissa. Oh, it's great to see you again. And um, everybody, check out Tim's books. Thanks. Have a good day. Thanks, Tim. You will find everything we talked about down in the show notes and the Facebook group and the Discord group sound really interesting. So if you are a gamer and you read Lit RPG, you will want to check those out. If you want to comment on this week's show, go down to the show notes and click on comment. It'll take you over to our YouTube channel unless you're there already. And then you can comment and let us know what you think about the show. If you have a book you want to share, if you've written a book that I need to read, let me know. I will never find out about it if you don't tell me. So that's it for this week. I think I have nothing interesting to tell you at all. Sorry. Um, that's it. I will be back next time with another great show for you. And in the meantime, go read a good book. Mm -hmm.